Welcome everyone to Dig a Little Deeper. It's great to have you with us again. And uh, today we're going to tackle part two of what we began with uh, me asking Levi some of the key waypoints, some of the concepts over our sort of almost one year journey uh, that have been helpful for him, etc. And, and uh, last week we discussed uh, redefining uh, or re-imaging sin and um and also, what was the other one, Levo? That one? Insistent versus existent. That's right. The yeah. insistent God versus existent God. And uh, hopefully that was helpful for you too. If you haven't listened to it, duck back and give it a look. Make sure that you rate us. Make sure that you send us questions. Do all that good stuff that make podcasts really work well. And here we are, Levi. Yeah, and can I just say too, let us know what your best favourite takeaways have been as well. Make sure you flick us an email. However you do so, we'd love to hear what's helpful to you. It really That's helps it. us create this kind of content. So, yeah. um, But this stuff, I guess I, I could categorise in maybe the way that I approach Scripture, things that have been really helpful for me and how I approach Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, the first being understanding that when I approach Scripture, it's and especially the Old Testament, understanding that the story is going somewhere. So mm. I guess a, a greater understanding of historic arc, that mm. Mm. it's not just this flat text, it's actually this progressive revelation of who God is to mm-hmm. to people. Yeah, and even some of the terms you've used there, um, they take a bit of getting ingrained in you, like flat text. Right, yeah. Um, like seeing all scripture just... Um, of equal value to apply right now. Mm. And as soon as I say that, people are like, oh, slippery slope, blah, blah, blah. Um, but in all honesty, I do find the Beatitudes more applicable than the fatty lobes on the liver. That's, yeah. you know, they're extreme cases, but that is an example. Yeah. You know, so you could go to Levitical, the intricacies of Levitical law and animal sacrifice, mm. or I can go directly to Jesus on the Mount telling us how to be fully human. Yeah. And I know what's more helpful to me. So I no longer see scripture as flat. I don't see other scripture as unnecessary or not helpful, Mm. um, but I don't necessarily see it flat carrying the same um, impact for my life. Yeah. And I would say even, I guess where I was going with the word flat would even just be in in people's revelation of who God is. You know, Um, it's not like... Moses had the same understanding of who God was yeah. as Jesus did. Yeah. He obviously has had a much, because he is, yeah. clearer understanding. So it's not this, again, flat as in with no arc. It's actually going somewhere. It actually, yeah. people's image of God becomes clearer and clearer and clearer True. as it goes. And we also see that same thing playing out with humanity. So obviously the scripture is not only the story of God, it's the story of us. It's the story of the development of man as well. And you do see, you know, earlier, more primal understandings of man, they were accompanied by more primal understandings Mm. of God. And yet that is defined and refined right through the arc of scripture uh, to the point where some of the some of the later prophets are actually posing the question from God, did I actually want you to sacrifice animals? Right, yeah, yeah. Wow. You want to talk slippery slope, you know. And those prophets, of course, in their day were killed for what they said mm. and then were later 
recognised as having spoken for God, being inspired and included in scripture. It seems like there's nothing new under the sun and the human race continues to make the same mistakes it's always made. Um, but that is part of the arc that you see in scripture. You know, mm. Do I desire you to, uh, to fast and weep and whatnot and offer sacrifices or do I desire you to look after widows and orphans? Mm. Yeah. You know, or do I desire you to uh, just walk humbly? And love mercy. Yeah. And do justice. Yeah. You know, and it's like, wow, they're big questions the prophets are posing because they're actually saying, you know, all this stuff you're doing to to, to please God, um, are you sure that came from God? Yeah. Wow. And that's within the Bible, the Bible questioning itself, which to me gives the Bible huge integrity. Mm. Uh, it's like the um, the Bible's not hap- – not un- not, um, sorry, the Bible's not afraid – to question itself. Yeah. And uh, it's like that. I see that in historical context with uh, with ancient historical genre that mm. we see in scripture where the bad things are written about the men of God too. Mm. And the kings who had power to kill, the power of life and death was in their hand. And while pretty well most other um, historical ancient history is embellishing and rewriting the story so that the king's happy with it. Mm. What you've got in Israel's history is kings being hung out to dry. You see their underwear. You see everything. Yeah. Actually, with David dancing, you may have even seen more. Yeah. And and yet the Bible is quite open and brutally mm. honest about those things, which just gives it incredible yeah. integrity to me. And, and I think one of the things that the probably the first time I really clearly saw that historic arc was even just in that um, I, I know um, Shane Willard talks about it where he talks about kind of where I guess God meeting people where they were at but taking them somewhere yeah. and even just that whole thought of um, you know people think God's in the sky so it's like God's <laughs> in the sky and then it's God's in it is in, then it's God's in a tent and then yeah, yeah, God's yeah. in the temple yeah, and then yeah. actually Jesus comes and God is with you yeah, and yeah, now yeah. the Holy Spirit God is in you, in you. and yep, that yep. This progressive revelation yeah. of where is God oh, he's, he's, he's up there and then it's like no he's down here he's in there he's over there <laughs> oh he's actually in in me yeah great um, yeah that's a yeah that's a really good summary I think that that yeah that arc that God is nearer and kinder. Yeah. As time progresses, God gets closer, and the closer he gets, the kinder he appears. Yeah. And it's not that he was never kind. It's just that we see more clearly. Yeah. That's historic arc. And that's and I think that's what's been helpful because on a micro on a micro level in my own life, it's like I God as God keeps becoming clearer to me, as I keep getting a better understanding, as I keep being able to reflect him clearer, I can see it on a macro level in scripture where it's like the people of history in that historic yeah, yeah. time went through the same process yeah. of God becoming clearer and clearer and clearer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's why it can be quite unfair to judge them yeah, yeah. for their understandings and their behaviours. Yeah. We forget that they're ancient people. Mm. We forget that we've been somewhere. We forget that, you know, even in the last century we've been somewhere. Mm. We've come from, you know, certain behaviours and actions and we've come somewhere. And not all of it's positive, but probably the bulk of it is, mm. you know. So there can be – there's always unhealthier edges to human growth and uh, and the way that we, you know, um, develop in our thinking. Um, I think that there's ridiculous stuff around language and we've taken 
violence, bullying, understandings of those things, some of them to crazy extremes. But there's no doubt we do it better than we did it 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So as much as some stuff is being used to persecute people mm. uh, in the whole cancel culture space, et cetera, et cetera, there's no doubt that we've, we are trying to become more sensitive yeah. to, to the diversity of humanity. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess following on from that, my second thing that I've, I found sorry, really helpful, which I think ties into it, is the importance of having a Christ-centered hermeneutic. Mm-hmm. So the way that I, uh, would you say, apply or interpret Old mm-hmm. Scripture, like being really important that I read that through Jesus' eyes mm-hmm. and, and looking at how can I find that facet of God maybe that the Old Testament writer had, how mm-hmm. do I find that in Jesus? What yeah. does that look like in Jesus? Rather than just being like, you know, there, I guess there's even the understanding that's helped me is there's lots of images of God in the Bible. Yeah. Um, but Jesus is the ultimate image yeah, of God. That's it. He's yeah. not just another image of God. It's yeah. like, Jesus looks, uh, God looks like this, 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 and he also looks like Jesus. Yeah. It's like, no, he looks totally like Jesus. Yeah. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Jesus yeah. says. Yeah. Um, so then when I read Old Testament, it's like, okay, how do I see that facet of God within yeah. Jesus? Yeah. And there's a, you know, th- there are always redemptive elements to be found. Mm. Um, but there's always the human element to be found too. So as much as God is a mighty deliverer who wants to rescue you from your enemies, and we and we know that that is that's Christ without a doubt. Mm. Um, when that translates into you feeling justified to line them all up with a string, count them off, and slit their throats, mm. then we go. Does that does that look like Jesus? Yeah. Or yeah. is that? Is that the humanity part? Mm. I know God wanted to deliver them and set them free, but now it's sort of going places where it's like I can't reconcile that with the nature of Christ. And if the nature of Christ is the nature of God, you know, that's where people have come to the point where if if they can't if they can't see this through the image of Christ and recognize the story again is going somewhere, and that Christ has to be our hermeneutic key, then we end up with you know, a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New, but yeah. they're not the same person, yeah, which yeah. is Marcionism. It's an old, old heresy. No, 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 no. We have to find better frames of reference to how we view Scripture and interpret Scripture. And and what you're mentioning, I think, is maybe it should be the cornerstone. Mm. The absolute cornerstone key is Christ as our hermeneutic. Um, it's been put by Brad Jersak, uh, the Emmaus Way. Uh, So obviously taken from Luke 24 when post-resurrection Jesus appears to two disciples walking down the road and they're sort of buzzing about all the recent events of um, the crucifixion and and then they've just heard someone said that they think he's risen, that they've seen him and they're like, whoa, our world is turning upside down right now and Jesus basically says, you guys are really, really foolish. Like I walked among you for so long and you didn't realise this is what, well, he didn't say that. He said, basically, didn't you realise that that the Christ always had to suffer Mm. and then be raised? And then it says, then he, um, you know, beginning with Moses and the prophets, he literally shows them where he appears everywhere in Scripture. Yeah, yeah. You know, so basically he's saying all of this was written to point to me. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But that doesn't mean some of the stuff we see in there is being affirmed. Some of it is contrary to my character. Yeah, yeah. 
but seeing me now, now you can discern what was me and what wasn't. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? What looks like me, hey, authentic. Mm. What looks like an angry person projected onto God, maybe that's an angry person projecting onto God, is one way that I've come to sort of begin reading some of the more difficult passages and going, wow, you know, that God is in this story and walking in this story, but this is also a very human story. God did not leave the humanity out. Mm. And that's probably, I mean, that just that thought of difficult um, passages, Mm. probably like, I mean, it probably segues well into the final thing that I found helpful, which is probably just understanding that there's always something else going on and, mm-hmm. and being a little bit less dogmatic about having to have all the answers. I think I used to be, I used to, and, and maybe I still don't not believe this, but it's like, ah, oh, there's, a, there's a, an answer or there's a way to explain every difficult passage kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But I need to know what they all are. Like it was yeah. like, and I remember when we first, when I first started kind of, re-looking at all this stuff and being like, how do I work it out? How do I know if this is a historic arc thing? How do I know if this is a, um, mm-hmm. a genre, a thing. genre thing? Yeah, how yeah. do I know what genre, genre it is? Or how do mm. I know um, if this is rhetoric or if this is a poem or what if yeah. I'm not sure and whose voice is this? And, mm-hmm. and that was my first response was how do I know? And now I think I just feel a little bit more comfortable holding it a little bit looser, understanding um, that, Maybe sometimes I see something that I don't understand that there, there are a bunch of things that could be going mm-hmm. on. If that passage seems really difficult, there's a bunch of stuff that could be going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and either having it as an invitation to dig a little bit deeper and try and understand it or also being comfortable just being like, all right, no, well, I was already on this journey of reading this script. I don't need to stop for that. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not afraid that someone's going to come and Shanghai right. me with uh, this scripture that I can't explain and I don't know and yeah. being happier to be able to be like, well, I don't actually really. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd wow. have to look into it. Like, yeah, a good question for something you don't know as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. like being more comfortable saying I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think you alluded to it. What you can say is I'm sure there's more going on here. Yeah. Yeah, there's more going on here. Like I, I'm not sure what it is. I it could be diatribe. It it could be the genre that it, it finds itself in. It could be, uh, it could be the point in history that it finds itself. So we need to be careful of being trapped in static appropriation when actually the story ends in three books' time. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like some stories in scripture that the the question that's posed is not even answered in that book. Mm. It turns up. In the minor prophets, something that comes up in um, in Chronicles or that comes up in Samuel, mm. and actually the answers found in the minor prophets, right? Um, and it's like uh, that's why I think the relaxing is necessary. This breathe out mm. of I don't have to have all this pigeonhole because unless I'm going to be a New Testament scholar and an Old Testament scholar and a Hebrew scholar and a Greek scholar and a historian and a, Mm, you know, ad nauseum, unless I'm going to get all that, um, I'll never be able to go confidently I can answer everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, What I can answer is how I have found God to be Mm. in light of the scriptures I'm reading. Yeah. So when I, you know, we see something that is difficult, it's like, yeah, wow, that, yeah, I, I don't know how they came to that conclusion. Mm. I don't know how they knew or how they would say God was telling them that, but I know this, Jesus wouldn't tell them that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that at first seems so scary 
it just seems so scary. But I think where I've come to, because it could be like, aren't you undermining? Aren't you? No, 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 no. If you keep going back to Jesus, you'll be okay. Because ultimately, in a in a really crude sense, if I could put it, this is really cobbled together and rough. And but you could say this is why Jesus had to come. Mm. One of the reasons, you know, obviously to display God's love, to absorb our wrath on the cross, but. You know, Jesus had to come because we couldn't get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With all of these revelations, we still never had it. Mm. And we know we never had it because they killed God. Yeah. Ultimately, God showed up as plain as the nose on your face and so we killed him. Mm. So we still didn't have God down pat. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and that's why I think the image of God in the risen Christ, his completed work on Calvary, his resurrection life, all of that speaks of the heart and nature of God. Because I live, you will live too. Mm. Um, that's the image yeah. that then makes sense of the journey, mm. which I think is what you're talking about. Yeah, so yeah. Christ is our hermeneutic key. Yeah, yeah. And and I think too, just that not being like not feeling like I have to. Yeah, I get. I feel like I'm a lot less afraid of getting difficult questions now. Like I, I remember a little while ago, someone asked me a question. I wasn't really sure how to answer it, but and maybe this is a different thought. But just the whole, which we mentioned, um, um, we, we were talking about this before. Um, but the whole thought of Jesus keeping the conversation going, and, and I think that's I found really freeing. Where it's like maybe my job's not always just to answer a question, but mm-hmm. maybe there's a conversation to have here. Um, maybe I don't have to give a dogmatic, this is how it is and this is how we should be. And, and I don't know it's important to have, you know, convictions. answers and yeah, convictions yeah. and stuff like that. But I remember this question, not really being sure and kind of just putting back, well, what do you think about it? And, um, and then we just had this big discussion about it and it really probably crystallized in both of us mm. having the conversation, how we felt about this thing. Um, without necessarily being like, well, here's the answer yeah. with no discussion. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I guess that's where I was talking about holding things a little looser. Like when you hold on to something really tight, if it's shaking, you're shaking. And people get their faith shaking because they're yeah. holding on to the wrong stuff yeah. really tightly. Yeah. Um, whereas some stuff I think is okay to just have a, a slightly looser grip on it. And, and I'm not saying just like, oh, well, I believe whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I'm not 100% sure yeah. about that. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. And this is how I'm convinced it is now. But yep. also it, it's, if it's not... <laughs> super foundational and it's okay to hold it a little bit looser. Yeah, as we've said as preachers, there wouldn't be a preacher on the planet who would say, I preach exactly the, well, maybe there would be and they'd be the boring ones that have very, <laughs> very few people listening. But most preachers would go, my theology's developed over time. Yeah. Once upon a time I would have preached it like this, now I would preach it like that. And maybe even the core belief is the same, but the way I express it, right. I've found a far better way. And, and I feel like that with sin. You know, we are not giving a new definition to sin. No. When we talk about harmatia and falling short and the image of God mm. and the, the you know, the being fully human. We're getting back to the old. We're getting back to basics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're not saying we've got a new definition for sin. What we're saying is maybe some of the more pop culture driven ones mm. uh, haven't been helpful. Yeah. And abiding us in the bum. Mm. Um, and so how about we rethink this? And be still just a con- convicted, the wages of sin is death. Mm. God doesn't kill you. The consequences of your actions will. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you continue to mistreat your spouse, 
it will destroy your marriage. Mm. If you continue to browbeat your children or, or be emotionally absent, it will cause pain yeah. that resonates right through to your grandchildren. Whatever, you know, God loves us when he says these issues are problematic. Mm. Um, so we haven't changed our belief on sin, but we certainly are trying to articulate it in a very different and hopefully more helpful way, a deeper, more meaningful and profound way, Yeah, I believe. And I think there's, and maybe that would be just my, my summary thought, I guess all of this I feel like, Stuff's just broadening. It's not necessarily yes. changing. <laughs> I'm understanding stuff so much bigger than maybe where I was yeah. a little bit pigeonholed and I thought this is just how it was and it was yeah. very literal and it was very much. Since everything's getting a lot broader, yeah. um, which I think is a good thing. Oh, yeah. And I, I think if you go down this journey, it's like God starts to get bigger. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's God out of the box. Yeah. And at first that's frightening. It's like, oh, hang on a sec, I thought I'd sort of had him contained in my thinking. Now I realise he's transcendent. Wow, what a great revelation to get. Yeah. But now I realise his transcendence means that with my finite mind I will never fully grasp and I'm okay with that. Mm. That's the mystery of faith. But the things that he has revealed to me are enough. This is where Peter says all things we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. I think what Peter's talking about there is we have enough revelation, whether that's through Scripture, whether that's through our own personal encounters with the Holy Spirit. We have enough to live this faith life, mm. and I can be cool with mystery. I can live with mystery. I can live with paradox. Yeah. I can live with um, embracing what. We would seem to be diametrically opposite ends of the scale and I can live in the tension between because some things are not a problem to be solved but they're a tension to manage yeah. and I can live in that space quite happily. My faith lets me live there. Yeah. Um, but if you're new to that journey, it, it can make you feel a little insecure. Yeah. It, it can make you feel like everything's shaking and I think that's what we want to avoid is that for some people they move too fast, too quickly, and they don't reconstruct what they've pulled apart. Mm. Um, and therefore they, their faith gets shipwrecked, which yeah. is what we want to avoid at all costs. Yeah. Hmm. And I think, it, I mean, that even I think just shows the power of even thinking a little bit broader and reading a little bit broader, mm. you know, reading stuff, listening to stuff maybe that you don't even necessarily agree with that, that helps crystallise what you do, you do believe? I was having a great conversation over breakfast with a local pastor here who's a great mate of mine and we get together once a month and, and just share our lives and pray together. And the discussion generally doesn't go like theological but it did um, yesterday, yesterday morning. And um, uh, we were just laughing about because he's on a similar journey to me, we were actually laughing about really getting to a point in our lives where we got sick of just reading books that reinforced what we already believed. Right, yeah. It was like, you know, it's almost, it got to the point where, and I'll just use a non-theological thing, but like leadership books, mm. where it's just like, okay, every one of these leadership books is the same and I only like the ones I agree with. It's like that's what you call a bubble, mm. 
That's what you call an echo chamber. And I think there's a danger that we could be that way a little bit theologically too, mm. whereas with maturity we should be able to be, our faith should be tenacious enough and it should be robust enough yeah. for us to have stuff that's really quite different thrown at us and us to be able to process this and work it through, process it, work it through, and if there's any fish on the bones, eat it, and if there's any bones in the fish, spit them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that analogy. I think that's really helpful. Um and I think it's maybe a good way to kind of start is to, yeah, just start reading a bit broader. And again, yeah, not like, yeah, I like that thought. We don't have to swallow all the bones with the fish. We can spit it out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's some stuff that's been helpful for me. And hopefully it's been helpful for you. Nonetheless, thank you for staying on the journey and being a part of the conversation. See you, everyone. Hey, everyone. It's Big Max here. Hope you enjoyed the episode so much so that uh, you'd be wanting to share it with all of your friends on MSN Messenger. We've got another cracking episode coming next week. So um, if you can't contain your excitement, just uh, go ahead and bide your time reading a few of your favorite old Rage comics. Have a great week and uh, we'll see you next time. That was so good. I used to do public speaking.